Welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. From piecing to quilting and everything in between, this podcast brings you tips and techniques from the experts and fun stories from quilters just like you. Hi everyone and welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. I'm Ashley Huff and today our special guest is Toby Lischko. So thanks for being here, Toby. Well, thanks for having me. Of course. So it's always fun to talk to you about quilting. So for those who don't know you or haven't seen, say, your website, things like that, tell us a little bit about you. Well, um, I've been crafting for a long time. I started crafting when I was Mm -hmm. about six using yarn. Perfect. And I've tried Mm -hmm. every craft you can think of, including a needlepoint, cross stitch, uh, I've done um, applique, I've done, uh, what what else have I done? Um, English smocking, uh, you Mm -hmm. name it, I've done it. I've tried it all. And um, I well, but is it safe to say that quilting is your favorite? I I have to say that quilting is my favorite because uh, all those other things only lasted two or three years, and then uh, uh, in '85 I started quilting and I haven't stopped since. Well, perfect. Well, good. Well, so that was going to be my next uh, question was when you actually started quilting and who taught you? Well, I was actually taught by Jackie Robinson, uh, the famous quilter mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson. She used to mm-hmm. own a quilt shop in St. Louis. And my mom, who was a seamstress, uh, I decided to take quilting class from her, and uh, I got the bug from her. It was a six-week class, and uh, I started doing quilts, and I just really enjoyed it. Well, that's good, and we're we're very glad that you have continued to do that because us here, even at National Quilter Circle, we have uh, a lot of your patterns available in our shop. I know you have a lot of patterns available. If someone is interested in finding your patterns, where can we find you? Well, my, I have a website. It's called Gateway Quilts and Stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, Gateway the Quilts N as in Nancy Stuff dot com. Um, and I have templates. I get my own personal templates made to go with a lot of my patterns. I have fabrics that go with uh, a lot of fussy cutting stuff because that's my favorite thing to do. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, I just have. Uh, a variety of things on my website available. Perfect. And of course, we'll have links to your website um, in the description here so you can click there too. But is there a story behind the name Gateway Quilts? Well, I I lived in St. Louis or a suburb of St. Louis and St. Louis is considered the gateway to the West. So uh, I started with a couple partners and we just, uh, just did a little crafts, made little quilts and stuff. And uh, as I started doing more and more, I just bought my partners out and I run the the business all by myself. (laughs) Well, perfect. Well, good. And you're doing a great job at it, it seems like. So you don't even need partners help. (laughs) Well, I mean, sometimes you Um, need help. (laughs) Yes. Well, you can can call in some, some favors from people if you need to. So you mentioned fussy cutting, and I know that's something that you love to do. I've done a little bit of it. I've gotten to see some of the videos that you've done for us on how to do it. But if someone's listening and they have never heard that term before, can you explain what it is? Uh, It just means that I like to cut specific areas of fabric to create a repeat, or sometimes it's kind of a kaleidoscope looking design. Uh, It doesn't have to be a kaleidoscope Mm -hmm. looking design, but I like to uh, personalize my blocks by uh, cutting specific fabrics and putting them in certain areas in a block. So do you have to use specific prints to start with or can you pretty much fussy cut something from any print of fabric well you can pretty much fussy cut from 
any print, but it works better if you use uh, florals, large florals or paisleys or symmetrical fabric, something that you're going to see a nice repeat. You, you, don't, you can't fussy cut stuff that's like tone on tones or fabric that's just one color because you're not right. creating a design. Right. Perfect. Makes sense. So you've mentioned you've been quilting for quite some time. So I'm going to ask you if you remember what your very first ever quilting project was. Well, yes, because my first class oh, good. I took was a rail fence. That was the very first class she taught uh, because she was teaching about uh, strip cutting, you know, cutting uh, the rulers and the rotary ma- uh, blades just came out right uh, right after I started quilting. So those, oh, wow, okay, yeah. I mean, it was like within eighty four, eighty five that those started coming in, and um, so she taught us how to cut strips with the rotary cutter and a ruler, and um, and so that seems to be the easiest one to put together. You don't have to match any any uh, seams or anything. You can just turn the mm-hmm. block any direction and put it together. So mm-hmm. that was my first quilt I ever made. Perfect. Well, so from from then, from so learning the rotary cutting system then to now, has practices changed very much? Are there new tips that you've learned since then? Or um, what was rotary cutting like back then? Oh, well, I mean, it's not any different than it is today. It's just that, uh, I mean, I, I think that uh, quilting right now is going back uh, to before the rotary cutter because templates are, are becoming a big thing. And years ago, before the rotary cutter, people made their own little templates out of cardboard. And so mm-hmm. I think um, in terms of accuracy, templates are, are making a big comeback. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, I mean, the you know, basic big difference between what's happening now and before when I first started is there's so many more fabric companies and fabrics to pick from because back then it was mainly calicos and, you know, real simple prints. And there weren't a lot of fabric companies back then, just, just dealing with quilting fabric. Right. Right. And that's something that you also sell in your shop too, is fabric, right? Yes. Yes. I sell a variety of fabric, especially stuff to fussy cut and then the blenders and the fabrics that go with them. So how do you sort of select? Cause obviously you can't, you know, I don't know if you've got just miles and miles of, of places that you can store fabric, but like, how do you sort of narrow it down to decide what it is you're going to carry or what you think is going to be popular to the current consumer? Well, because I have a small shop, it's right off of my home. Um, I limit mm-hmm. fabrics to what I like. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I, if I if I tried to figure out what the consumer likes, then I, I'd have way too many things in my shop, and I don't have a whole lot of room. <laughs> so I have about three four hundred fabrics, and um, like I said, there oh, that's a lot. Well, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of room for more than that. Most shops have, you know, two, three thousand, thousand bolts of fabric. Yeah. But uh, um, I limit it to to prints that I know I can fussy cut when I'm teaching a class or blenders that I know I can go put with the fussy cut fabrics or the the specialty fabrics. I carry a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. like Paula Nadelstern and Ginny Beyer and those designers that I, Tula Pink designers that I know uh, I'm going to be able to use in classes I teach. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Well, so what do you do? Uh, obviously we've talked a lot about um, quilting and how long you've been doing it. What do you do when you're not quilting? Well, <laughs> I'm almost always quilting. Are you ever not quilting? 
Um, well, if I'm not quilting, I do like to cook. I like to bake bread and, oh, and I play mm-hmm. with my dogs. But uh, nice. other, other than that, most of my day is consumed with quilting. Perfect. That's that, I feel like that's a lot of lot of people who are really into quilting, especially when you have your own quilting business and you are putting out patterns and you're you know doing quilting related things. It, it makes sense to spend most of your time doing that. But I'm always interested to know what people do when they're not quilting. But so tell us a little bit about. Uh, you mentioned you have your your shop attached to your house, but tell us about your quilting space. Like what all do you have in there in terms of your machines and what you work with every day? Well, I have a long arm machine. I have an A1 that I use to quilt my quilts with. And then I have two main machines that I sew on. One's a a Janome S7 and the other one's a um, Juki. And um, and then I have some antique sewing machines. I have something called a grasshopper which is a little Elna that was made in 1950, the same time the featherweight was made. And I have my Uh mother-in-law's featherweight. And those two little machines I take a lot of times I take to classes because they're just easier easier to transport than some of the bigger machines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have, um, since you've obviously used a couple different brands of machines and, of course, of long arms and stuff too, do you have a favorite brand or, I guess, maybe a brand that has some favorite features that you like to use on your machine? Well, I don't know. I've had a, a Bernina, and I love Berninas, and I've had a Foff, and I love Foffs. And um, it just happened that I, when I'm teaching with AQS, I get it, I'm get i teaching in a specific class. So when I got my Janome, I was teaching in a Janome class, and I really liked the, mm-hmm. the way the machine ran, and I liked some of the features. I don't do a lot of applique, so I mean, most of these new machines come with all these applique things. And um, but I like the way I like the stitch. Usually I buy a machine because I like the way it stitches. I like if it's quiet, um, mm-hmm. they're just little, just those kind of small features. If it has a knee lift, I like that. Um, since Bernina lost, really? okay. yeah, since Bernina lost its, uh, its, uh, patent on the knee lift, uh, after 25 years, a lot of machines now have the knee lift or they have a needle, uh, a foot that comes up you know, when you're sewing. So I like those kinds of features on, on the sewing machines. Uh, that is something I've never used is a knee lift. I think one machine I got once did come with one and I just kind of looked at it like, I don't know what this bar is for. And I just put it back in the box and I never even attempted to use it. So I've never, what would be the equivalent to that on a current machine nowadays? Well, nowadays the machine, a lot of machines have a foot that automatically comes up when you stop sewing, so that you can fit oh, your mm-hmm. fabrics. Gotcha. But back, uh, my first machine was a Bernina 930, and it had a knee lift, and it just made it easier. Both of your hands are available, you know, are are on the fabric, and when you lift the foot with your knee lift. Um, you can pivot your fabric and do whatever you need to with both hands available instead of having to lift the foot with your hand and all that kind of stuff. So it was just a really nice feature I got used to. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so now we know what your, your first ever quilting project was. What are you working on now? And then also along the lines of that is what has sort of been your most favorite project that you've ever done or are currently working on, if, it, if that m- might be it? Well, um, actually, my I have two favorite projects that I did, um, and they were both award-winning quilts. And one was called Celestial um, Crowns, and that one's on featured on the homepage of my website. I won a first-place ribbon at the AQS show in 2009. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, the other one is a quilt called uh, <laughs> Deep. No, I can't remember what the name of it is. I've made well, so many quilts. Describe the quilt. So many quilts. Um, they're both paper pieced um, New York Beauty type quilts, and mm-hmm. um, and they uh, I did fussy cutting on both of them, and um, you can see them on my website if you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And I do like to do New York beauty type blocks. I've done a lot of those kinds of quilts. Um, mm-hmm. I've done a lot of those kinds of patterns on my website. So uh, I don't have a favorite project I'm working on right now, but I'm doing a couple projects for Island Boutiques, which won't come out till January um, or February. And then um, I, I do a lot of stuff for some of the magazines. So I'm working on on a project for... Um, Clothworks, which will uh, be featured uh, and advertised in a couple of the magazines that I will kit. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always something I'm working on, and it, I'm never bored. <laughs> well, that's good. So, that, so if you, so obviously, okay, you say you're never bored, but say you're you're working along with a certain project. Do you ever just get bored, maybe with that project, and then you have to switch to something else? Well, I mean, I do that a lot anyway. I mean, my my brain just continues to work on, and I'll start working on one project and I'll start thinking about something else and I might want to have an idea in my brain that I want to design. So I'll open up my the electric quilt program and I'll just start work, you know, drawing up a new design. So um, I easily get distracted between one project and another. So I may be working on two or three different things in one day. Well, but that just means you're going to get that much more done because you're multitasking on everything. Well, I mean, you you would think so, but sometimes you know, <laughs> when you do too much, you don't get a whole lot done. So, um, and Okay, well... Okay. Right now, I'm also working on a project. I When Paula Nadelstern has new fabrics that come out, she has eight quilters mm-hmm. that, that make samples for her for market. And so I'm making a sample for her for her next fabric collection and I will feature that fabric collection in my shop when it comes out. Perfect. Awesome. So say you're working on a certain uh, project that has like a deadline, you have to get it done in, you know, say a couple days and you don't have time to sort of take a break from it and work on something else. How do you sort of get past say like a design block or a quilters block kind of, is there a way that you motivate yourself to get something done? You know, that's that's an interesting question because I have had design block where I'm just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, usually the way I get out of that is just to open up Electric Quilt and just start playing. I mean, I just, you know, but my ideas come mainly from the fabrics that I work with more so than just a design. Um, because mm-hmm. a lot of times a fabric uh, inspires me to do something with, you know, design something to go with that fabric. Um, which is kind of the opposite of what most people do. Most people find a project and then look for the fabric, yes. but my brain works mm-hmm. the opposite. Have you ever had to do that and not had a had a fabric in mind and you just played around with just a design? Then how do you sort of pick the fabric that's going to match with that design? For those of us who are backwards of you, because I do do it the opposite way. I design first and then pick fabric and sometimes I don't know how to pick the fabric to go with the design. So how would you do that if you had to? Uh, well, I mean, if if I pick if I design something that had uh, most of my blocks are traditional blocks, so 
if uh, depending on how traditional the blocks are, well, I mean, I would say that a lot of my patterns you could use for any kinds of fabrics. I mean, I could put batiks in a lot of my fabrics, even my quilts, even if they were fussy cut, I could put batiks mm-hmm. in them and they'd still still look good. So, um, I, I mean, when I look for fabrics, I look for a a main print. Um, it could be a border mm-hmm. print, it could be a large floral, it could be a large, you know, it just, I pick a main print that has lots of colors in it. And, um, and then from there, I'll pick what I want to go with that fabric. So that's how I usually pick. If I go from the design to the fabric, I'll do that first, because I know if I start with a main fabric, then I'm going to be able to find the colors that go with that. Um, mm-hmm. I have... I have my own personal color, so most of the time they tend to be um, around the same kinds of colors. Uh, might be blue, blues or um, brights. Uh, I'm into brights right now, so I have lots of brights on my website. So, I mean, it just, it just kind of depends. Um, it's hard to say, you know, and I tell people to pick fabrics. I just say, you know, pick a main print. Look at the colors along the selvage edge because there's always little dots that show all the colors that are in there. And then just pick mm-hmm. medium, light, mediums, and darks, you know, in varying shades and uh, to go with them. Uh, it, there's no limit to the number of fabrics you can put in a quilt. Right. True. Do you ever find or have you ever had a situation where you, you think colors are going to look good together because maybe you have put them in EQ and you've kind of got somewhat of a representation of them, but when you actually stitch a block, it doesn't quite look the way that you have wanted it to turn out? Well, there was in the very beginning when I was putting stuff together. A lot of times when you buy fabrics with gold in them, um, if you look at them <laughs> at a distance, they, they get muddied up because of the gold. So you don't really see all the colors that you wanted, you thought you were going to see with that fabric. Uh-huh. Um, and mm-hmm. so that happened to me. But usually when I put them together in EQ, uh, it looks, ex- whatever I sew up, it's going to look exactly like what it is in EQ. So the nice thing about electric quilt is I can move fabrics around in it until I find a combination that I like. And so then I, when I go to sew mm-hmm. them together, I know they're going to uh, they're gonna work out. Perfect. Well, so you started quilting, taking a class from someone and learning how to quilt. When did you actually get into designing quilts as opposed to to using someone else's patterns or you know I guess just kind of making up as you go well I mean when I first started quilt of course yeah I had to do some patterns in the very beginning but um, I even from the beginning I would take a pattern and I'd revise it a little bit because I wanted to Mm -hmm. put my own special touch in it so I'd change the border or I'd add you know, uh, buying a, a special sashing or something different just to kind of make it mine. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I mean, I, my kids were little. So for the first 10 years from 85 to 95, I was just making other people's patterns. But in 95, I started working in a quilt shop and um, different books would come in and different contests would come in and the Hoffman Challenge uh, would they Hoffman Challenge fabric would come in? So I started doing the Hoffman Challenge, and that's really when I started designing my own quilts. When I started doing the Hoffman Challenge. Okay. As somebody who, if there's somebody that's just getting into quilting, what do you think is easier, or what would you recommend doing? Learning how to read someone else's pattern, or just trying to sort of make up your own designs as you go, or 
doing a an easy pattern like like a rail fence like you mentioned where you don't necessarily need a strict pattern for it what's going to be the most beneficial in the long term well i mean i i always tell people you know use a pattern if you're a beginner quilt of course you're going to want to use a pattern to learn how to do the techniques but I always tell people to put their own special touch in it because anybody, you know, your quilt's going to look just like somebody else's quilt if you just make the pattern. But if you add a little special touch or you change, add another, you know, put two blocks together instead of one block. Um, when you've learned enough about quilting, you can't, you, most people can't do it right from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they have to learn a couple different techniques before they can do that. But, you know, I always tell people, um, you know, kind of make it your own, um, follow a pattern. And if you want to add a little touch to it, you know, go ahead. Don't be afraid to do that because, um, that's how you learn and grow. Yeah, absolutely. So as someone who obviously you design your own patterns now, at what point do I, have I changed a pattern enough to call it my own as opposed to it being your pattern? Well, I think um, the rule of thumb is you have to make at least, I think it's five changes in order to make it your own. Otherwise, it's still a copy of mine. So if somebody took a pattern and just, you know, changed the fabrics around a little bit, um, that's not their pattern. It's still my pattern. Um, even, Even... and if you do change it a little bit and maybe you think you want to enter it in a show or something, you still have to say that the quilt, your quilt was inspired by somebody's pattern. Um, but gotcha. you, can't, you can't just take somebody's pattern and say, okay, I designed this and, and you know, now it's my pattern and I can write right. it for somebody right. else. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So you mentioned um, entering it into a show and you also mentioned that you are an award-winning quilter. If someone is interested in entering something into a show for the first time, how do you even start? Like, what show do you start with? And aside from just showing up with your quilts, like, how do you get it entered into a show? Well, each, uh, if you go to different websites, you know, for different shows like uh, AQS, American Quilter Society, or um, uh, International Quilt Association, IQA, which is the Houston show, and they have show both of them have shows all over the United States. There's the Mancuso's shows that are all over the United States. Most of them are advertised in magazines, quilt magazines. And when mm-hmm. you go to those websites, they'll tell you what you need to do to enter a quilt. So there's usually a fee involved uh, to enter it. They ask you to send a photo of it. These are all juried type uh, quilt uh, quilt shows. So they'll mm-hmm. see, look at a picture of it. You usually send a full length picture and then a close up, and um, they'll go through a jury process. So they'll look at the picture and they'll decide whether or not it would be, you know, it qualifies to go in a show. And then if it's picked, then you have to follow the the instructions of how to mail it in. But um, you know, I mean, if there's uh, state uh, fairs. Um, a lot of state fair, most state fairs have quilt entries, so you can always enter it in a state fair. Um, you might have a local uh, quilt show or a local guild that you could enter your quilt in. So there's different places you can start off. Um, so mm-hmm. you don't always have to look at the big shows to enter your quilts. If you're just, you know, want to see what it does in a state fair, a lot of times, um you know, people win the ribbons just in state fairs. So it's kind of uh, exciting when somebody, you know, enters a state fair and they get a ribbon. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to get recognition for, 
you know, a project that you think is good, but then having other people also agree that, yes, this is a really good quality, you know, quality piecing, quality quilting, quality everything. What are sort of some tips that you may have picked up, say, from show to show or just in your experience doing that, doing this that uh, helps make sure, I don't know if you can say make sure, but helps give you a better shot at being picked by the jury or being, you know, your quilt accepted into the show? Well, there's lots of um, articles on, you know, how to um, make the, you know, quilt show quilts. Um, A couple things are you want to make sure that um, the colors all blend together. They all go together. One of the tips that I was given was if your quilt looks good from a distance and makes people want to look at it close up and it still looks Mm -hmm. good close up, then that's that's important. Um, you want your uh, design to have coherency so everything needs to go together, all the different kind of blocks you put together. Um, your binding, they is real. you wouldn't believe how important the binding is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and machine stitch binding or hand stitch binding? Any kind of binding. Um, the binding has to be completely filled with the batting, and the mm-hmm. corners have to be a certain way. They have to be completely squared. Um, so there's lots of little things that, that they look at when you're, well, I mean, they don't see that stuff in your photograph, but if you're being judged, they look at all those little things. Um, they look mm-hmm. at how accurate your piecing is, and um, they also want to make sure your quilt is square. And that just means that it's the same size from whether you measure it from the top, the bottom, or the middle, it all has to be the same size. So it has to be completely so lots of things going to it. So I guess after you enter your first show and say you, you don't win or you didn't didn't place in it, do you get feedback from the judges as to what to improve on for next time? Uh, some of them do. AQS does if you enter them in Paducah. They don't do in the other shows, but they do give you feedback uh, at Paducah if you enter it. And they'll they'll tell you whether your, your binding needs uh, to be fixed or... If um, your quilting isn't uh, isn't up to par, um, so mm-hmm. they look at all these different areas and then they'll tell you uh, what's uh, what needs improvement. That's good. That's always good. That way you know sort of where to go, um, and you're not just kind of blindly guessing at maybe where to make improvements. But so that's great tips for entering shows in general in terms of quilting or piecing, cutting anything. What is the best quilting tip you have learned in your years of quilting? Well, I or think, your most favorite. I think the most my most favorite tip I learned was when I took a class from Sally Collins. She does miniatures and she wins um, awards for all of her her miniatures are unbelievable. But <clears throat> she mm-hmm. talked about sewing an accurate quarter inch, where everybody talks about the scant quarter inch, and so. Mm-hmm showed how to get an accurate quarter inch and then I took a class from Sharon Craig who used used a little piece of mole foam uh, to help uh, get your seam consistent so I kind of put those mm-hmm. two together when I teach classes to show people how to get a consistent quarter inch seam and to get an accurate quarter inch seam and um, it's really improved my um, my accuracy when I learned those two tips. Perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, piecing and accuracy in, in putting your pieces together kind of affects your blocks, which affects your whole quilt. So I can see why that would be a good good tip and a good place to start. What is some sort of, could be tips or maybe just some inspiration, motivation. What would you say to somebody who is just wanting to get into quilting and maybe is intimidated by this big wide world of quilting? 
Well, I, I most people would I would say to start like I started, just take a beginner quilting class. I mean, you can learn on the internet, but it's so much better when you have feedback from somebody who's teaching the class, uh, mm-hmm. who can help you get through the, some of those bumps, you know, where, you know, you look and you go, oh, this doesn't fit right, or uh, these pieces don't go together, or I didn't cut it right. So you really do need feedback from somebody personally when you're learning this. Um, it could right. be a, a, quilt, a mentor in your area or somebody you know that's quilted. Uh, and you could ask them to help you out or teach you how to quilt. So, I mean, there's a variety of different things. I teach private lessons in my shop if somebody wants to take private lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, just look in your area. Uh, Sometimes churches have quilt groups, and you might be able to find somebody in those churches that could be your mentor and teach you how to quilt. So, um, most a lot of people learn to quilt from a grandmother or mother or something. I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. My mother was a seamstress, but she never quilted. So, I mean, I learned to sew from her, but I didn't learn to quilt from her. Gotcha. Well, you still had some basic, you knew what a sewing machine was and you got the basics of that and then went into quilting. Perfect. Yes. So then obviously you've been quilting for quite some time. You've probably made a number of quilts. I don't know if you know exactly how many quilts you've made, but as someone who has made a bunch of quilts, what do you do with them all? Do you just have a big storage room of quilts? (laughs) Well, um, some of them I hang on the walls. Uh, some mm-hmm. of them I have on my beds. Uh, I might have two or three piled up on my beds. A lot of them I have folded up in my shop only because those are quilts that I use for, for lecturing. But um, a variety of them just kind of are all over my house. Uh, my husband mm-hmm. started to give them away as gifts. <laughs> <laughs> with with or without your permission I mean this with, is important with my permission I mean they're quilts okay, that I don't use for lectures they're just basic like baby quilts or lap quilts that I've made for a magazine or a fabric company and and I don't really use them in any lectures so uh so some of those mm-hmm. we, we've just started giving away because I do have I probably have um over 150 quilts oh wow that you still have yeah <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And I know you said you hang them on walls. So you do smaller, you're not hanging like bed size quilts on the walls, right? No, no. These are all wall size quilts. I just, instead of hanging up pictures, I hang up quilts. Perfect. Well, I feel like that's the best way to decorate your quilting space and the house of a quilter. Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, awesome. I want to thank you so much for being here with us today and talking quilting and sharing your tips and um, and giving some inspiration to people that maybe want to get into quilting. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Of course. Of course. I'm sure we'll have you back on later to talk more things quilting. But until then, we will say goodbye for now. 